Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome back. It's Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia with you here on June 2nd, 2020, recapping our top stories for the day here on the show. we got a lot to get to on this show. With everything that's going on, we're still waiting for proposals to go back and forth. Of course, at the end of the month of June, we're expected to have some sort of training camp with the NBA. And then, of course, the Washington Nationals don't have the foresight to pay their minor league players. A major league player says he's going to pay them. And then of course the nationals do step up at that point and say, Hey, we'll play the guys. We'll pay the guys too. the power of Twitter, the power of social media. We're certainly here. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's a good thing. I actually thought that was a good thing. Like a bunch of players stepping up and that, and that's what makes this so difficult is because there's so many really good people in that group that say, Hey, we're, we were minor leaguers once we want to take care of our people. And you know, the players are not villains here. The owners are not complete villains here, but there, <laughs> there is a lot of villainous activity and that's what makes it difficult because I think at the end of the day, we all just want baseball. We all just want to figure it out. Everyone in this group is all going to make way more money than all of us. <laughs> at the end of the day, we just want the games and can we find a way to do it safely and get everybody on board? And that's all that we want. And I just, I don't know. I Sometimes it's just, I wish we could all just boil things down, get everybody a room and get it all worked out. And you need people who understand compromise and understand how to get people into that same level of a great compromise means everybody's a little unhappy, but everybody figures out a way to move forward. And I think forward is the direction that we all hope things are moving in and not backward. I don't think this last proposal is going to be the one that gets it done. We'll see how many more it takes, but uh, I'm just optimistic that I heard the words June 30th, because that sounds way better than July 31st in my world. I don't know about you, Craig. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> June 30th, that, that got me excited. 114 games, I kind of rolled my eyes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> June 30th is like next week. Yeah, I was like, what? Tuesday. All right, all right. Uh, so... Well, well, what we'll do is we continue our series on uh, props over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And by the way, the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey, we're starting to get word. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, start to open up again. And so potentially we could be doing shows there from the FanDuel Sportsbook again and having some live action there and live racing as well. So we're looking forward to that for sure. No question about it. But for now, we are going online. We're taking a look at some of the NFL odds for 2020 and some of the player props. And you guys can look at this too at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can get an account. And even if you don't have an account, you can just log in to see the odds. They don't block you or anything like that. So it's pretty cool. We're yeah. uh, we're focused in on uh, quarterbacks today, Joe. And uh, kind of, a, I would say, a little bit of a mixed bag of quarterbacks. Two playing in the same division, but two you know, on different spectrums, I think, of talent and success. Although uh, they both had a lot of success last year. Let's start off with Russell Wilson and take a look at his numbers. The quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, and of course Russell Wilson last year, Joe, put together a great year. Um, look, if not for Lamar Jackson, who knows? Maybe he's winning the MVP. But uh, 3950 passing yards is his total. Threw for 4110 last year, 3448 the year before that, 3983 in 2017, and then 2016, uh, 4210. So, uh, look, it doesn't matter who's running. It doesn't matter who's catching. I mean, Russell Wilson has just turned himself into someone eventually that's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. I mean, the guy is unstoppable, uh, you know, throws these rainbow passes like I've never seen anybody do in the NFL. I don't know how the guys even catch it, but they must work on this in practice, and we're sitting here doing a show, so that does make some sense. But, but we can go uh, look work if, after if, the show. You and I go back in the yard. We just we'll, catch we'll those, these rainbow I'll passes. some balls there. We'll see. You know, I can do that. I mean, I mean look, I, I, don't, I don't make bets now because, you know, Russell Wilson could go surfing or something like that and get hurt and, and not play. But, sure. my gosh, like, this, guy's going, this guy's going over – this guy's great. He's going over his total. Like, he's just – He's just a superstar among other superstars in the NFL. He's unflappable. Um, he's he's done it with some talent. He's done it with no talent. Some good offensive lines. Some bad offensive lines. Mm -hmm. I mean, who, what receivers does this guy have? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, Metcalf came on, sure, but it's like he made Metcalf good. You know, I don't know. I I I was never a huge believer in him until a couple of years ago, and now at this point, I have to say. Uh, 5,000 yards wouldn't shock me with this guy. He's just a great player. I agree. And I'm with you on that same wagon. 
Uh, unflappable is another one that I would add to that and underappreciated. Um, and I was like you early on. I, I was not sold that Russell Wilson was the kind of quarterback that was going to make everyone around him better. I was a little worried, like he's a really good athlete. Uh, let's see what happens here. But at a certain point, you have to just give him enormous respect. It's kind of unbelievable as well that the guy doesn't have an MVP. He doesn't even have an MVP vote which was a stunning thing that I saw a couple of weeks ago come out. Like, how has Russell Wilson never gotten any MVP votes? It seems like he should get some. Uh, and you mentioned how he played it under an awful offensive line a few years ago. That's improved. I think the pieces around him have improved, but he's improved the pieces around him more. He made Doug Baldwin a thing. He made Tyler Lockett a thing. Uh, he's making DK Metcalf a thing. DK Metcalf has to hold on to the football, though, not so much with the drops. I look at this number. It's right around where I think he's going to be. But you know what? I think I'm going to take the over. This could be his year. And if I'm writing the narrative, as I keep trying to do here on the program, whenever we talk about this NFC West, it's that, yeah, everything looks rosy for the 49ers. And yes, they have a great defense, but we've been here before. The Super Bowl hangover is real, and I'm concerned about it. And I'm concerned enough where I think the Seahawks could be the team to beat in this division and not the 49ers. So... With that being said, I need a big year out of Russell Wilson. So if I'm writing that script, I'm going to go over here. But, man, like it just it just feels like Russell Wilson continues to be building, like you said, a Hall of Fame career. He's already been to a Super Bowl, a couple of Super Bowls, already won one. Like, why why do we stop now? Like, I think there's a whole script of Russell Wilson that everyone's talking about Lamar, everyone's talking about Mahomes. And this might be the guy that kind of goes right through this year. Because he's not statistically, but in terms of playing the position – he should be in that conversation because when you watch Russell Wilson play, in a year play, from now, that that conversation it'll be a different conversation. I mean, when Roethlisberger and Rivers and Brady and Breeze are all done, I mean, he's still going to be going. And he, he so, can play another someday, team. right? Those guys are going away, right? Like I'm waiting for my kids to grow Maybe up. Maybe not. Shows here on Sports Grid and say, you know, you know, Tom Brady is 74 years old, and uh, I think this might be it for him. I think he might finally be. You know, he's like he's like part cyborg. He's more machine than man, and Tom Brady is still out there playing football. And, and by the way, to show you that no one knows what they're talking about, there were more people who thought that John Kitna would be more <laughs> like Russell Wilson than Russell Wilson would be like John Kitna. So. <sighs> John Kitna's son, by the way, big signee I saw last week. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. So, yeah. The, the lineage continues. We'll see if uh, the son can beat father. But I'm with you, man. Russell Wilson – does not, I mean, how, I mean, what what conviction could you give to? I mean, you have to build a narrative for both. But that's that's betting. You have to make sure that you cover both sides of it. The only thing that I could think of for him not to go over the total would be an injury. That's it. I got nothing else. He's been pretty durable. He's played sixteen games every year. So, I mean, what more can you say about this guy? I mean, he's just very you underrated. Know, the dip here in twenty eighteen. That, that's that's when you had a lot of other forces working against him with that offensive line. You know, I think, I think he kind of, and he was running for his life all the time. So I think now that the O lines played better, um, you also bring in a little bit more, you know, running back depth was kind of smart too. I, I like this number on the over too. I'm with you. All right. Now let's move on to another intriguing one because the number isn't, you know, astronomically high. And if there is improvement to be had for Jimmy Garoppolo, that he could potentially be a 4,000 yard passer for sure in 2020. I mean, after all, they've essentially decided to put the number more or less where it was this past year, 3978. Uh, his number is 3899 going into the season. And of course, in 2008, he threw for 718 passing yards and then he missed the rest of the season. And, you know, essentially at that point, if you prorate these numbers over the course of the year, he's again, one or two big games away from coming close or going over. Uh, we know the 49ers are a running team for sure. But at the same time, you can't just sit here and ignore the numbers that he put up last year, almost 4,000 yards. And it's not like Garoppolo's deep ball is the best in the NFL, and the guy does make some mistakes. So, um, you know, I, I think that there's probably another recipe. I probably passed this, but there's another recipe, I think, potentially for this to go over as well. Yeah, I kind of passed this, too, uh, just for, you know, mathematical quantification here you're looking at this number equating to somewhere on 243 yards a game on average that's a pretty high number for jimmy garoppolo in my opinion it makes me again i was writing the script for the seahawks which means there's got to be some kind of negativity here and i think the more jimmy garoppolo gets exposed to the league the more you kind of see that and I, I think there's the opportunity for negative but i think i would stay away from this one too because i think when you're looking at numbers this does sound about right it's basically a slight regression of last year 
So if I think it's going to be a slight regression of last year, then why would I bet this? And that seems kind of difficult. I'm trying to find the number of times he went over 247 uh, last year. That number of times is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. So about half the time he was over this number last year. I don't know. I just don't feel warm and fuzzy about the 49ers coming off of a bad Super Bowl loss. And Jimmy Garoppolo had some good moments, but he also had some not so good moments. Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty limited what they do. They throw the ball over the middle with a ton of slants. It's what they do. They attack the middle of the field. That's why Brandon Ayuk was their pick. That's why the guy they wanted, because he fits exactly what they want to do. I love Debo Samuel. I think he's a tremendous player. I will own all kinds of shares of him in PPR. I just feel like this is still going to be a team that's identified by the running game first and foremost. And I think that's another reason why the over is definitely not an option for me. I would tend under, but I think it's so close with that little bit of regression built in that I would stay away. Do you feel this regression is coming for Garoppolo or do you think this is a guy that could go over this number? I, I think he could go over. I would, I would lean, I would lean toward the over. I think here, um, you know, I, I see no reason why, the stats won't be more or less the same for the 49ers. Usually the, you know, the, the loser of the Super Bowl, I know, does take a step back. But, um, you know, I, I think that as I talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show, this would be I'll, I would go against the trend on this one. I do think San Francisco is built for now. And I do like the talent that they have. And I like everything that they did in the draft. And, um, you know, even if they don't win 14 games, maybe they only win 11 and, and still fight with Seattle. Uh, potentially for that division because I certainly don't see the Rams being back there again this year. So uh, I would lean over, but it's not something that I have a strong conviction about. And Garoppolo does have a little bit of injury history as well. So that's something else that I would probably consider. And it just it just feels like such a bizarre deja vu where the last time the 49ers were in a Super Bowl and lost, it was, hey, we've got the young quarterback. We've got this great defense. We've got the hot young coach. And none of that worked out. <laughs> and I just no, it, I, did. it did not. And and I just want to shake people sometimes and say, hey, not everything is rosy. Not everything is always going to work out. Not everything is the beginning of a dynasty. Sometimes it's a window and you made everything work and everything bounced right for you and worked out. And then the next year it's not the case and adversity sets in and people don't respond to it well. So this idea that all of a sudden the 49ers are bulletproof I think is insane. So for me, it's something I'm staying away in fantasy i'm being very cautious of i like mostert's adp i love debo samuel's adp but the rest of the 49ers i'm gonna just kind of pull back on a little bit i just don't see them being this juggernaut again two years in a row all right well with that we'll take a quick time out and come back and hit on a couple of receivers in the nfl one in a new location another one that's been rock solid through the years we talk about hopkins and julio jones that's coming up next right here on fantasy sports today on sports grid don't go away SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We continue our discussion over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure you log on there. Give yourself a shot at a couple of these odds that we're going over. Today, we are focused on quarterbacks and wide receivers in the NFL and on player props for 2020. By the way, you could go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to it and also set your notifications to on. And every single day, you'll get our show when it gets posted live on YouTube. And you can go back and simply archive our show and you can see Joe and I discuss virtually every available bet that's out there at the FanDuel Sportsbook currently right now, whether it's a futures bet or anything current, whether it's even ping pong, Joe. You know, anything that's out there, you can get it at the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. For especially sure. ping pong. Especially ping Big pong. Cricket, that... ping pong. I love, uh, look, soccer. this is not a joke. I'm going to come clean here. I can't get enough of watching the Olympic Channel stuff when it's like the badminton or the ping pong. Okay. That's it's madness. There's that is wrong good with television. Oh my god, the badminton things is is crazy. Because I like badminton. That's like one of those games, like the long games. Like I really like badminton. When's the last time you played badminton? Like I I got the net. The Never. kids are a little small, and time. I gotta 
I, I you know, I remember as like a, like a, you know, like a young adult to go, there's a lot of badminton in the backyard, but like when your kids are smaller, it's a lot of coordination of badminton, you know, they kind of look like they're crazy trying to hit the thing. I want to get like a really good Olympic level badminton match in my backyard this summer. That's, that's a goal. It's going to work towards for August and July. Okay. All right. That's right. So badminton, Joe Pizapia. That's right. Badminton Green Book coming out this fall. Birdies and Black Books. What would you mean? I like that. Birdies and Black Books. That's what we got. <laughs> okay. Unless you want me to call it a shuttlecock, <clears throat> which is the technical term. Yeah, let's uh the technical, but it's a PG thirteen anyway, show. So anyway, I don't no. know. Yeah. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. You know, we already anyway. talked about your leakers in the first hour of the show, yeah, and we now we're talking about show. From leakers to shuttlecocks, fantasy sports today has you covered. All right, so on to receivers for this show. On that note, I don't know how we go from here, but let's uh, let's try. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, in one of the big moves of the offseason, goes from Houston over to Arizona and will play in the desert with Kyler Murray and uh, Cliff Kingsbury and arguably one of the teams that seems to be potentially on the rise in the NFL, although that remains to be seen. Uh, his player prop right now is sitting at 11.24 and a half. And you got to risk 112 to win 100 on that, of course. If you don't know by now, you have not watched this show in 10 They're minutes. all 112, everybody. They're just, all 112. Why? We don't know, but they're all just 112. Is. Don't ask. It just is. Now, his receiving yards the last three years it would give you a strong indication that this isn't over. But 165? 1572, 1378. Again, Las Vegas does not build these hotels based on dart throwing, or I'm sorry, based on just automatically assuming they do base it on dart throwing. And I got to tell you that something is fishy about this line here, 1124, because it screams toward the over. And this is where the smart better knows you either bet the under or you do not make this bet because it looks too good to be true. And when it is, it is. I am going to go under Hopkins' receiving yards for 2020. Well, I guess I'm just a big old dummy because I want to go the over here. I want to go all the way over. Big O, giant capital O for DeAndre Hopkins. He is such a good receiver. And now he's got a chance to stick it to Bill O'Brien. Look, let's not forget that Kyler Murray is a rookie through for almost 3,800 yards as a rookie. And in a situation that was not great, an offensive line that still needed a lot of improvement. And now you're giving him arguably the best wide receiver in football. And you're also giving him a healthy running game, which he did not have last year. I think this is a fantastic scenario. Kingsbury runs a ton of plays in this offense. Uh, having Larry Fitzgerald still there and having Christian Kirk, there's a lot of balance here going on with Arizona. I think I, I understand where the negativity for Hopkins I see just yesterday we were talking about. Devontae Adams. Everybody loves Devontae Adams more than Hopkins. I don't. I still like Hopkins and Julio Jones more than Devontae Adams. Hopkins is going to be on the field. Hopkins is a unique talent. Hopkins does a lot of things that nobody else in the NFL can do. And I understand the last couple of years he played with Deshaun Watson. So obviously the numbers were pretty good. But I think he's going to go back to over that 1,200. I think last year was an issue where they really didn't have a lot of other weapons and the Texans became a very predictable team. They tried to force the ball a ton to DeAndre Hopkins. And unfortunately, a lot of games that did not work. However, I think it's going to be a different story in Arizona. I like this, the over. If it makes me a big dummy, I'm okay with it. Take my money, Vegas. I want over on DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a definite under this for me. All right. This is fun. Got, got, got to do it. Because bookmark this one, baby. Looks too, looks too easy. And when it is, it's like taking the home team minus three. Sucker bet. I'll be All a right. sucker Talk. then. I'm a sucker for D Hop. What I can't, I can't stop. Can't myself. go with the chalk. Got to go. You got it. Whatever the bet is, you got to go against the grain, and that's usually the winner. All right, uh, Julio Jones. Uh, boy, this guy's put up some massive numbers. Headed straight <laughs> to the Hall of Fame when he's done. Thirteen forty nine and a half is his number. It's it's so funny. I, I had to double check this one because it's the exact number that he had last year, and it was actually down from the last couple of years. I guess age maybe creeping up. Who knows? But. Uh, 1349 last year, 1677 two years ago. Didn't have any touchdowns. People were bitching. 1444 three years ago. 1409 the year before that. He only played in 14 games. Uh, you know, honestly, this guy looks like he's hurt half the time on the field. <laughs> but somehow, like the next play, he's like running 50 yards for a touchdown. So like he's a bona fide first ballot Pro Football Hall of Famer. 
but you're betting on the age here, and that's what gives me pause. I would lean toward the over. I don't like either of these wide receiver numbers today. I just don't. Um, I'm surprised you're leaning the over here. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, this the number, is a setup the number for the says it's an over. The number says it's an over. It's telling uh, you to go. Uh, it's telling you to go over. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking repeating last year is going to be tough. I, I just I, I am. I, it was his worst year in four years. Yeah, I know, and he's also another year older. And I Maybe think that's so. the whole point. I think Maybe. I think you bet on age here. This is the NFL. This is the one place. Well, that's why I wouldn't bet it. It's a pass for me. Well, but I would. Lean toward I, it. I actually think you can bet it. I think you can go with the under here because I okay. you could still have a tw- a twelve fifty season from Julio Jones with a, you know a dozen touchdowns and everybody's really happy about it. 1349 is a lot. You're asking him to repeat last year. And I understand, I understand last year he was still all world and he is still all world. I just 1349 at this stage of his career, the age with the mileage on him, I think is asking a lot. So I'm just going to go the other way. I think, I think there's a window with these wide receivers. You go back and look at Antonio Brown, where he had a couple of years in a row like this. There's a couple other guys too. We can point to Calvin Johnson, but there's a window. And then the window starts to get more into the you know public domain as it were like he's kind of more like everybody else he still has a couple of those giant games but 1349 uh, at this age with the foot problems with the ankle problems with the, I mean he's got a lot of little issues and they always creep up with Julio yeah. I think the under is the way to go here I think you can make some money here with this one okay so bet it <laughs> well what was the FanDuel Sportsbook open I'll end up there right now you could do it right now you live in New Jersey I log do. on I can log on Place right that now. Bet, Joe. Why am I talking Get to down. you when I could go do that? Look, I, I let's turn into a fancy discussion here. If you have your choice this year of Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, all three are on the board, which way are you right going? Right now, it would be none. I wouldn't draft. <laughs> Come on. All right, August. All things 20th. being equal and the season is starting and everything is normal, which it's not. But go ahead. All things being normal in a hypothetical world where Craig Mish is actually in a draft because work told him to be in August. A draft. It's August. It's August. We got it's a couple August. weeks to go. Everyone's, Everyone's healthy. healthy right now. Which who is would impossible. You oh, answer a hypothetical question for me. It's fun. So who who is it? Who is three? <laughs> who, what? What? Where am I? Adams is definitely not. What's I've written? established that. Who else? Okay. Julio and Hopkins. Julio Jones. That's what I thought you'd say. Who would you take next? Hopkins. Okay, so you're still Adams is the third, and I'm still yeah, Adams. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, the numbers for Adams yesterday that we did were just staggering. Like, I, I just, I wouldn't, I would have been wrong, dead wrong, guessing the number. I would have thought Adams went over 1,100, 1,200 yards every year the last five years, and didn't even come close. So I was, I was shocked to see that, and so um, that's why his number I went uh, under. Hopkins is a completely different situation. I'm shocked to see his total right now based on the success that he's had in the last few years. So that is telling me something. I think the total is telling you it's a new place and they don't know for sure. So I think they're they're kind of hedging a little bit because they don't know exactly how he's going to fit in there, and that's fair. Well, if they don't know, then you shouldn't know either, and it's not a good uh, bet recommendation. I'm betting on the talent. If FanDuel doesn't know, then you shouldn't know because uh, trust me, they're on doing the, a lot better than us. I'm betting on the talent, and I'm also betting on the reaction of the rest of the league. So the reaction what, what, of the rest so, of the league so to that so trade I, I was guess, I guess we're throwing, I'm throwing you under the bus. That's I'm fine. throwing you under the bus by myself, too. So what? let's think about it in the last couple of minutes here. <laughs> okay. Which wide receiver in the NFL was at close to Hopkins' level, went to another team, and <sighs> had that kind of success? Well, you and, don't see a lot of players that good repeated, get moved. At least repeated that kind of success. I have to look for wide receivers who were Yeah, trade. I mean, we'd, we'd have to think of, like, wide receiver free agents. Yeah, see, like, I can't put, like, a Keyshawn Johnson on that kind of level. Um, no. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, Randy Moss. Randy I know, Moss. but that's too far back. It's 20 Too years. far back? It's 2008. It's not 20 years ago. He became a Patriot. 12, 12 years. Give me somebody since Randy Moss, uh, the best player of all time, who did the same thing. Terrell as Owens. Example. He went from Minnesota to Terrell Oakland. Owens. Terrell Owens went everywhere and was good. Okay, that's one. Um, Chris Carter's too long ago for you, so you're not going to want to take that one. What? With who? Well, Chris Carter was good with the Eagles and then became very good with the the Vikings. So I'm saying that's too long ago. Substance abuse. Well, give, he was give, give me the last 10 years. Just give me a guy. No, it's difficult you know? because what happens is though, Steve Smith. Steve Smith's another one. That's a good one. Um... You are putting me on the spot. I'm doing the best I can. Well, I don't know either. I, I, but, but again, <laughs> but, I, but here's the thing: How far, often do guys of this magnitude and this talent 
get traded at this stage in their career. Yeah, Almost we would have to investigate that as well. My my guess is is that not a lot, but if if I would if I would guess, maybe I would be wrong. If we went and we looked at the last ten uh, highest paid. Does Brandon Marshall qualify as that? Because he had some good years with Chicago. I mean, granted, Maybe. Cutler kind of followed him, so Maybe I don't know so. if that. Maybe. But I mean, I, I just I, rattled I, off I the top of my head about half a dozen that you could if put. If I had to guess out of ten, my guess is you know half of them bombed. Yeah, but I think I think I think DeAndre Hopkins is closer That's to that range. That's your opinion. My opinion. My opinion is that he is closer to that Randy Moss caliber wide receiver than he is to let like a Demarius Thomas kind of wide receiver, you know. So if you're trying to think of like the, like the the spectrum of guys who are good because they had good quarterbacks, and then guys who were all world even without good quarterback play, because Hopkins has proven that with Hoyer, with Osweiler, with all these other guys he's played with in his career, he's always produced. It doesn't matter. So yeah, he has. It's just I, I don't know. I, I I it'll be an interesting thing because I'll go back and I'll check and I and I want to I want to well, check. I think I gave you a couple of good names right there who were pretty no, good. No, definitely for sure. But you haven't given me any bad ones, and I have to assume there are some bad too. So I mean, we'd we'd have to check that out. Again, well, I'm looking at the bad ones, and it's guys at the back end of their careers on other teams when they get let go, and that's not the same. You know, Reggie Wayne post glory oh, days, yeah. not the same. Yeah. You know, we're talking about prime of their career. All right, we'll uh, be right back with more fantasy sports today. We'll take a look at some historical NBA games right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe back here with you as we get ready to send you off into the afternoon here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Make sure you catch Scott Farrell coast to coast later on today. He will be live and live on television for those of you who are watching on the various apps that we air on. By the way, if you don't know, it's uh, Zumo TV, Pluto TV, and Stir. Also uh, coming to the Roku stick pretty soon as well. And basically wherever you have the internet, you can watch our show. So make sure you download us and on YouTube, like and subscribe to our show as well. Yes, the last two or three months... We've done a lot of historical content here on SportsGrid. There's no question about it. We just have not had a lot of fantasy. So we've gone back into the archives, but we're not doing anything different than anybody else is doing. Well, I take it back. We are doing some different things. In fact, one of the things that we're doing is we're making me go into my garage and grab (laughs) events that I've been to and remind you of how great or how bad they were. I've had a couple of people ask me and say, wait a second. So you went to these events and you had the foresight of keeping all of your paper media credentials? Yes, the answer is yes. And you kept them in a book? The answer is yes. Well, Craig's a hoarder in case people don't realize well, by now watching the show. Yes. So I kept the stuff for this reason alone, because I knew one day it would create content of some kind. Actually, I never thought I would ever need this. And truthfully, the last 10 years, I stopped keeping the credentials. Hey, I look, like, I, uh, Craig had me in a folder from uh, March all the I way do, I have through, you in the folder. through May 1st. So that's the only keys is that someday I might need Joe for some shows because put him in a folder, stick him in go the, back into the folder in the storage space. Think, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm expecting any moment to just go back into the uh, into the U-Haul and back to the storage space. But, you know, that's what Craig does. He keeps things around just in case, just in case there's a, there's a need. You know, maybe maybe it'll be like an HGTV show where Craig Mish like you know finds old things and turns them into segments, and he makes this amazing thing. It's like you know, from crap to gold with Craig Mish. Look at this! Like I found a here's a ticket stub. This is a three hour radio show. Craig Mish can do it, and only you can, my friend. All right, so <laughs> I love I, making I, transitions I, difficult for you. It's my I favorite. Fa- I found I found a way to to. Uh to do some NBA with you guys today. I like this. I like what you have here. So it's, look, it's at ra- it's random. I really did not go through the best of the best of what I had, but I felt like that would make a better segment for us. So um, we're going to, we're going to go through two NBA games today and go back into the archives of, of for some reason I was at these games and I'm trying, I tried to figure out why in particular I'm at these games, but I am. <laughs> All right. So this picture 
is from December 13th, 1997. This is a random regular season. Denver Nuggets at New Jersey Nets game played in the Meadowlands, the old East Rutherford Arena that they had there where they used to play the uh, crowd noise when uh, when the games were going on there. If I'm not mistaken, if I go back and look, I'm pretty sure that I must have been covering uh, a game with like the Buccaneers or the Dolphins and I went to an NBA game the night before because I was a sicko. I was a sicko. I used if, if I was going to an NFL game, I'd look to see what was going on the night before and I would get a credential for that game too. I mean, I was, this is what I had. I was like, I got a credential it. issue. You, you were had like a, it's like a credential addiction. I did. It was a prediction, a, if you will. A prediction. A Hashtag predictions. Cool. <laughs> Maybe we'll rename the segment. You just came up with a great name. <laughs> I don't know about great, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> Probably not great. All right. Uh, Nets won this game 133 to 97. Keith Low Van out. Horn, remember him? Oh, very much so, man. 6'10, Keith Van Horn. He was pretty good. He right? was very good. For like two very years. Good. This is the Kerry Kittles Nets, if I'm not mistaken, right? This era. Sounds Kerry right. Kittles, Keith Van Horn, Jason Williams. Denver was yeah, awful. Oh, my gosh. I looked at their team. I didn't even recognize a lot of the names. Yeah, Denver was really bad at this time. Uh, but uh, he had 30 points. And then Jason Williams. Remember the other Jason Williams? Yeah. 18 points, 22 rebounds, and... Uh, you know, made his fame later on, unfortunately, for doing uh, something pretty negative. <laughs> but accidentally shooting his limo driver, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I don't know. Look, the weird part was Jason Williams, uh, again, living in the area, I could tell you, Jason Williams was a beloved figure. He, he used was. to show up. He used to show up on Letterman just randomly. Dave Letterman loved him. It was Very a weird. So. He was basically like he was like the feel good guy in the Nets and everybody loved him. He was a pretty good player. Right on TV. Too great on tv he was like earmarked for the next thing and i mean it was a very weird story and it seems yeah. like an accident from from everything that came out about it but again the man died and this was you know unfortunately the end of his career and the end of that poor gentleman's life it just just a bizarre set of circumstances for a very affable likable fellow that was one of the better, more liked guys in the NBA from a public image standpoint. So you couldn't, I mean, with all the things that could go on, it was not the guy that you would have picked out of a hat and said, oh, that, that's the guy. That's the guy that's going to have like a weird end to his career. But yeah, Jason Williams. I, I think John Calipari was the coach of the Nets at this time. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, that does sound. I looked at, actually. Did you ever go to that place to see a game? Oh, yeah. Play? Oh, I used yeah. to go to the, absolutely. In fact, I saw Shaquille O'Neal play there in 90. I want to say 95 or 96, I saw the Magic play the Nets, but that was like more the Derek Coleman Nets at the time. So this was a little bit later uh, in that in that journey. But some of the names on this Nets list too, Kendall Gill was on that team, Sherman Douglas, the Shermanator, uh, Sam Cassell, I guess, was playing for the Nets at that point too, which I don't recall. But I definitely remember the Keith Van Horn, Kerry Kittles Nets because the very next incarnation of the Nets was the Jason Kidd Nets. And uh, some of those teams had a lot of success there going to some finals, not winning, but going there a couple of years. Yep. So uh, that's the first game. Random game. Don't know why. Picked it out of a hat. There you go. <laughs> now, here's the next one. And this is May 17th of 2000 in the NBA Eastern Conference semifinals. Yes, this was one of those battles between the Knicks and the Heat. This was actually game five of that series. I believe the picture there is... Uh, Dan Marley, who was on the Heat toward the end of his career. Uh, Heat wins this game 87-81, to 81, a typical Heat-Knicks-type game. The Heat take the seat, the lead in the series 3-2, to two, but the Knicks come back and win the series uh, by a final of 4-3. to three. And, of course, uh, you know, they, they this, this was, I mean, it feels like the Knicks were involved in a lot of rivalries. Knicks-Bulls, Knicks-Heat. Uh, who am I missing? Was it Knicks and somebody else too? Knicks Pacers for a while. Yeah, Knicks too. Pacers had some good. The Pacers were a really good team during that run too. People forget the Davis brothers, and uh, you know Reggie Miller just having those ones. And Mark Jackson played on those teams too. And that was always the conflict with the Knicks teams because it was, right. you know, Mark Jackson had been moved on from, and he was a beloved Nick. I mean, Mark, I can tell you, like, Patrick Ewing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you ask like the the Nick fan, the hardcore fan, they loved Mark Jackson, and when he Got moved on from there. A lot of people are not happy about that uh, scenario. But, yeah, Knicks Heat was an incredible rivalry at that time. But, I mean, just East basketball was just wild. 
You know, just this is a fantastic group of guys. And so many of those guys, like the Patrick Ewings, Alonzo Mourning, so many of them had played in the Big East, too. So these were players that, like, you had seen already, and they were regional stars, and then they became NBA stars on the East Coast, too. And, you know, basketball, when people think of basketball, they think of the Celtics, and most of the time they think of the Lakers. And obviously, L.A. is a hotbed of basketball. It always has been. The West Coast is a big basketball place. So, you know, to have the East be so hot for so many years for two decades, basically, it was really something and something I don't know if it quite exists the same way right now. I mean, the Knicks haven't been good in, oh, I don't know, forever, <laughs> like is it 20 years now, I guess we could say pretty much. I mean, it's kind of brutal. The Celtics had some good runs there with the Garnett years. But uh, who was on this Knicks team in 2000? Which grouping was this? Uh, Patrick Ewing, Allen Houston, um I don't know if Star. I think Starks uh, was still the there. Allen Houston years of the Knicks. Yes. Okay. Now, now I got you here. Starks, I think. Yeah, Latrell Sprewell. That was the big name. Yeah. Uh Marcus Camby. This is the Marcus Camby era as well. Sprewell. This Patrick was just Ewing. the Heat and the Knicks, and the Heat had PJ Brown. This is the Heat and the Knicks just fighting with each other. Yeah. Time. Tim Hardaway, Alonzo Mourning, Jamal Mashburn. I forgot yeah. Dan Marley was on that team too. Oh my God, that's right. Dan Marley, Clarence Weatherspoon, Otis Thorpe. My goodness, and P.J. Brown. Yeah, P- <laughs> that's definitely a lot. Otis What's- Thorpe was on the Heat? Otis Thorpe, right here. I'm looking at it. Played all seven that games in that series. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Because <laughs> he was Otis Thorpe. I mean, uh, he played 86 minutes. <laughs> so, played a fair amount. <laughs> There's a- Bruce Bowen as well was yeah, on that team. He was team. a great defensive player, Bruce Bowen. Yeah, Bruce Bowen. Baskin- this was physical teams, and this was the Van Gundy Knicks against the Pat Riley yes. Heat. So this was, again, the former coach and the former – there was a lot of history. And the Heat here. was not able to get over the top in any of these series. They, no. they, they beat the Knicks once, but they were never – the Heat was like that team that always were on the brink but never won. No, and, then, and then, these were the fighting years too. And then they got Shaq, and then that – you know. Shaq will Shaq, do it for it. Shaq and Kobe couldn't get along. Shaq made a rap about Kobe, and boom, <laughs> Shaq's on the Heat. That's what happened. <laughs> they had a big parade for Shaq uh, being on the Heat. They traded like 10 guys to the Lakers. And, you, uh, you just need one Shaq because he's shaq delicious. And then obviously Dwayne Wade was like – Well, Dwayne Wade was pretty good too. But you got to have that duo. All I mean, Famer. And, and not only that, but he gets the credit really for winning that first championship, I think. Is there an NBA – is there an NBA like – I'm trying to think like – there's always that second banana, right? I mean, there's always that other guy. I'm not that not that Dwayne Wade is any less of a player, but oh no, he was just as much one a. No, but that's what I'm saying and is how many year... guys have won championships on their own as like the guy and then a bunch of role players? Because I'm trying to think off the top of my head because Jordan had Pippen, Magic had Kareem, and and James Worthy to a certain extent too was a hell of a player. You know, obviously, yeah. Larry uh, Bird points had... out uh, Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, that's. That's that's probably the closest one. But I mean, Duncan I and Robinson, that. and then Duncan had had uh, Tony Parker and uh, a lot of other great players there. It's it's very difficult, you know. The NBA, for the most part, to be a one man squad, as much as like that feels like the case, it's not. You typically you have those scenarios where you know you can't get over the hump until you get Shaq and Dwayne Wade together, or you get you know Kobe and Shaq. Now, who would in the later years of Kobe's run? Uh, again, I wasn't in the NBA at the time. It was the Pau Gasol years, right? He was the other guy that you would say was the n- number two on those teams. So, yeah. and, and Andrew Bynum too. That good, good job there by Brett yeah, on Pau that. Pau Gasol but. could be a Hall of Famer. So, yeah, he you, you, his career now, but he was takes more than one guy to win he NBA. Went there as soon as he did, they won a championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but it takes more than one guy. A couple championships with him. So, all right, um, let's take a quick timeout. When we come back next, we're going to re-update the uh, story that broke yesterday with Major League Baseball and break down what a season could potentially look like. Again, every time we're here on the show, new things are happening, new things are breaking, and so we'll have that coming up in just a couple of minutes. Joe and I will be back for another edition of the show, of course, tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, Sports Grid, we're on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if you're watching us for the first time. We're talking about sports gambling. We're talking about fantasy. We're talking about life and just about everything in between. So those of you who have a smartphone, make sure you download one of the various apps that you can use to watch us. Uh, Some of the ones that I uh, choose to prefer, Pluto TV, Zumo TV, and Stir. 
If you don't know what those things are, just go to your app store, wherever you have it, open up your phone and just type in Pluto TV, Zumo TVs with an X and Stir is S-T-I-R-R. They also have other great shows on, not just sports, not just gambling, regular shows that you can watch. It's like for cord cutters, so to speak. So check those out too. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, welcome back, Craig and Joe here with you. As the news broke late yesterday, uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN reporting first that the uh, basic proposal that went back from uh, the owners to the players at this point is essentially half of what the players are asking for the owners. And so here we are. It is a negotiation and a stupid one because it's playing out on social media. It's just a huge mistake for them to go this route. And um, and listen, Jeff, who I know very well, is doing his job. I mean, he is doing what he is paid to do, and we are all following Jeff, and we are all hanging on to every word that he is saying, just like people with me with the Marlins. I tweet one thing, boom, the whole world wants to know about the Marlins. And I get that. That's my job, too. But it's just poor to to have this all so far out in the public because that's what we're doing is we're hanging on to every single thing and we're believing every single thing. A month ago, we thought that we were playing the Grapefruit League versus the Cactus League. Like, it's insane. I, I can't believe that people were having fantasy baseball drafts. I can't believe I saw one this past weekend. But anyway, the the latest, Joe, is, is we alluded to a little bit earlier, but we'll go into a little bit more depth here, is it's pretty clear that the owners are going to have to pony up. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's 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 what's coming here, is that the owners realize, hey, look, in order to get this done, we're going to have to pay the players based on their per-game salary of what they want to be paid. So I think we can sort of establish that that's going to happen at this point. So the owners wanted so, uh, somewhere around an 80-game season. The players, apparently, according <laughs> to the reports, wanted 114 games. <laughs> and so now the owners have come back to about 50 games. <laughs> So Sorry. my guess is, Joe, is that, so hard. is that the owners win in the negotiation because guess what's going to happen? They're going to play how many games? 81 games. Maybe less. Maybe 70, right? Okay. Maybe 70. And right. so what did the owners do? Across the board, they saved themselves 10 games pay from every player in Major League Baseball. And how much money did they end up saving going through this whole charade? This is why they that side is the better part of the negotiators. They are. It just it just is. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's just it's ludicrous. I I'm trying really hard. I really am, but it's it's comical because you start off with this. All right, well, we'll try to play half a season. And I was like, well, I don't know if we're gonna play it at that rate. And then what it's about my trying. health? It's what about negotiating? This? No, it is, and it's just it's ludicrous. And then when the players get back with the 114, and then they go, well, how about 50? Well, how about you and I play RBI baseball for the next two days, and I mean, we'll one, just simulate the whole season? And, and but again, we we're starting off the show today talking about oh, 114 or whatever. It was never 114. No, that was, it was the never. number that they did to skew it in that way. And now the owners come up with this ridiculous idea of 50 games. There's no way they're going to play 50 games. This it's is be how you buy text already about it on the so, corner on the corner of New York City anywhere. This is how you buy a handbag or a pair of sunglasses. Exactly, exactly right. You walk away, you come back, you walk away again, you come back again. <laughs> this, is, this is what you do. Look, these Ray Bans are great, but we don't yeah, hear about it on else. Twitter. That's the difference. <laughs> you know what? You don't because it's ridiculous. And 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 who wins when all this? Nobody. I mean. I, I just can't believe we that we're going to get some baseball. That's going to be good. Well, I hope so. It seems like it. Oh, come on. But, but the problem is, why couldn't we have – what was it three weeks ago that they couldn't have hammered this out? I just I, – that's the thing that I can't imagine because time is ticking for them in the sense that when the juggernaut of football – this was the date they had to have it done. 
Well, I guess so. They just I were guess trying to play their cards. They probably tried to play their cards. You know, they're thinking it's the Jew, you know, the first week of June or whatever that is. Oh, like you're it's saying, get let's done. get it done before the draft. We have to get this in place. <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine so, having, all right, let's uh, let's welcome in Rob Manfred. Oh, well, we're sorry, there's no uh, season. But I am uh, the commissioner uh, of baseball. Eventually, welcome to my major you, league you know, draft. Really think that they were going to let that happen? Um, I think anything's possible when it comes to Major League Baseball, unfortunately. Not that. I mean, that, it's, it's that, would, that would shock me. But the that worst part is, this is going to get doubled down in the next calendar year. And you and I both know this with another labor agreement looming. Like, this is all just part of this thing where it's just, just negative after negative. Whereas you don't really hear oh, what's no, going I on just, with the I, NHL I, I and the NBA. We well, will never love baseball. You're told nah, you're not. Th- th- these this two weeks we're living it right now. In July when they're playing, you will not be thinking of this. They'll be matter. thinking about if it ends up being a 50 game season. They'll be thinking. It will of, not, Joe. Are you a sucker? I, I mean, I'm not you, a sucker. Have you not been listening to everything? I'm that not a sucker, but I'm just it's saying it's not going to be a 50 game season. So this what, is the oh, owner's way of saying we don't want to pay you for 80. Okay, that's the only so, thing that this is. So here we go. 70 and a half. Over under over over you get seventy one. <laughs> it'll be it'll be somewhere less than eighty, but but not fifty. You know. Okay, I'm just I would say seventy one. I am they, guessing. I am not providing any information other than opinion. To be clear, my opinion is this is all negotiation tactics at this point, and it, it probably will. It, it may even settle right back at eighty. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> if but, it settles look, right if, back if in the 80s, owners, you what have a waste to try. of time. What, what a PR does. Uh, honestly, it can't settle back at 80 from a PR standpoint because that is such a disaster. It'll be 72. Uh, whatever. 72. It just, but it's so ridiculous. And the owners will high old. five when it's done because they'll go, oh, look at this. We, we saved ourselves. I mean, Joe, that's a lot of money. Oh, Six understand. days of pay for every player in baseball? I understand. Absolutely. We're and, talking and was it all worth it for the six days? Yes. For them? Yes. Yes. Is it worth it for the players? The players are, I mean, with respect to the, the players, are not great negotiators. <laughs> so what would you have said if you were leading the players? What would you have said? What would have been uh, your take or your, your strategy? They should, then? they should stick to 80 no matter what. Oh, I agree. But we said this weeks ago. Just stick to eighty, get it on the field, and let's but get they, going. They, but it's not. But it's, you know, the oh, someone's going to have to feel like they want. I mean, listen. I think you mentioned this too, which is true. Uh, you know, a negotiation has to feel bad on both sides in order right. for it it's to be called a compromise, built. right? That it, that that's the story, man. <laughs> I mean, you really. I mean, if that, see, that's that's why it's just nuts that people just don't understand that this is going on. It's like, well, I think we all understand it's like, it. It's like I, I talked about it as an employer. Look, it's not an insult when you have a new contract and the employer comes. To, well, you may be insulted, but they come to you and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to pay you this," and you're like, "Wow, that's so much less money. This is ridiculous. It's insane." And then inevitably, in the end, you probably end up getting more money. But the owner's like, "Well, maybe he'll accept the low end." That's that's all this was. That's it. Nothing else. Uh, I know. I just I think everybody just and, thinks and it's you're totally wrong if you think that that all, that in February next year we'll be doing shows talking. And do you remember oh, no, the, no, 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 the no, pandemic no. when we were no, talking no, no, about the negotiations? No, 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 no that's not. Care. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I think that it's again more negative PR that just baseball doesn't need. Could you have? gone back and forth in this in a 72 hour span instead of a three week span i think the answer is yes and that's the thing i don't understand I was like why do you go through all this just to end up basically where you started out in the first place because we don't have I the understand. kind of money that that these people do i get it i get stake i get it the game and it's a game of chess and it's a game of saving as much money as you can and if this if this three week uh, tactic that the owners mm-hmm. may have potentially done ends up saving them $30 million. What, collectively, you mean? Was it worth it? <clears throat> Collect, well, it's not yes. saving $30 <laughs> yes. million. Dollars. But the no, but, I mean, yes. 10 games, but no, but 10 games of salary isn't $30 million a team. You're talking collectively $30 million. For the whole league, for the whole league, yeah. Yeah, sure, absolutely, it was. You're right, I'm, I'm agreeing, it was worth it. It's just, it's just because, unfortunate. Because you know who they <laughs> saved? They saved the Royals, they saved the Marlins, they saved the Orioles, they saved the Tigers games of not paying Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> well, that might be $30 million. Right now. <laughs> wow. 
well, you, should we keep going? Like, no, you know, no, it's Eric like, Cole. I, you know, I mean, like some of these guys are making thirty million dollars in a season. It's a lot of money. It's it's a lot of money. It's all guaranteed money too. And that's is, why they went to fifty. It's different than you have. Well, right. If they got fifty done, oh my gosh, the owners should get a medal if they get that done. The players, big losers, at with fifty. Well, congratulations, you got your fifty games pay. I thought you wanted one hundred fourteen games. That's how you know there's no way it's going to be 50 because the players <laughs> would look stupid if they accepted a 50 after asking well, I mean, for here's a question, and, and maybe this is a provocative one or maybe it's not. Do the players look stupid if they accept 70? Do the players? Yeah. Uh, owners win. I know owners win. I, that's not the question. Owners, are gonna, they look owners always they win look at the end of the day. because no, they. I wouldn't it. say they look stupid. I would say that in you the end them. they got what they wanted, but did they? <laughs> like, did they really get what they wanted? I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's. I mean, it's I I love time. this aspect of the negotiation part in private, though. In private. But that's what I've been saying. Like, why do you do it publicly? And you just put such a. I don't know. I mean, we didn't have this seem to go back and forth with the NBA this long. The NHL just kind of went about their business and figured it all out. I mean, what happened to behind yeah, the doors? Yeah, but different scenarios. They had they had already started their season completely different. Okay, that's fair. Completely different. That's fair. I just I just worry that you know by the time baseball does get going, that they're going to run into the juggernaut of the NFL come August when August starts to ramp up NFL coverage, and we all like just you know it, and I know it, being in fantasy leagues with people that by the time you get to July and August, most of the time people kind of start to check out or start to at least split their focus to NFL and getting prepared for that season. And I'll guess this is the next question. If it's a 70 game season, are you still playing fantasy baseball? I'm still playing DFS. I think it's a great uh, DFS. I mean, I, I believe so. I believe so. I, I think that if I got a half a season in a fantasy, I would be good with it. If it was a 50 game season, I would really have to have a heart to heart with my home league. And um, I mean, playing out any of the expert leagues that I'm in would be an absolute joke. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I mean, I guess we would play them out. I don't know who's on my teams. Like, fine, I guess. Um, seven, 70 seems like a, a rich number. That's good. 50? That's anybody's guess. That's April well, and May. I think it's going to make for a fun DFS season because I think you can really. Yeah, DFS will be fun. Yeah. DFS, DFS will be and betting great. And betting will be interesting and fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to tackle. And, and, it, and, and I think that what you're seeing, though, is. Um, the, the makings of a deal. I mean, that's it, it, I mean, basically, if the owners are willing to do 50 games and pay them their full salaries, they're probably willing to pay 60. They're probably <laughs> willing to pay 65. Maybe. Do I They're probably Joe willing Why to pay 72. Games. They're, they're probably willing to pay 82. But if we can only pay 70, look how much money we can save. Well, look, I mean, anything between 70 and 81. I, I, I just want to be an odd number for once, too. Can baseball please get to odd numbers? Why do we have to have even numbers? What number would you like, Joe? Something that ends in a one or <laughs> like, you know, I just hate these ties at the end of years. It's stupid. Like, just let's play an odd number of games. I think I, think I, I, think I have the perfect number for you. <laughs> 161. <laughs> What's the number? 71 games. number. What's that? 69. <laughs> We're going to end the show there. Oh, there you go. That'll do it. Thank you to everybody who watched and everybody who tuned in today uh, for our producer, Brett Levy. And uh, Danny and Ryan putting the show together. We very much appreciate you guys. For Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish. That'll do it for our show today. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope you guys have a great night. Stay on the grid. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.